research company, scientists are developing a technology that changes the thoughts of a person into pictures. I'm taking a class taught by Robert Free in the spring. Matthew Andrews and Sarah Austin are university students learning to become neurosurgeons. Sarah Austin lives with a roommate, Anne Plavin. When she's here, she barely sees me because I spend a lot of hours at the Auburn Hospital. This is one of my patients prior to surgery. Dr. Marlin is a brain surgeon. It's an image of his patient's brain. He teaches at the university. Some students also work as interns for the research company. These are the chips. I will place a chip on my right temple, an image should form inside my mind. The chips help you see like the thoughts that a person has? I'll see a basic composition of geometric objects. You mean that was Ed Brown, the person who stabbed him? You know, there's been three homicides in the past four months. The student discovered dead in downtown Portland. A lot of the victims had similar stab wounds. The technology. There's some kind of ornament on the door. May help the students see who is behind the murders. Where is she? She's in a room. It appears to be very small. Haley? Yeah, there's someone else inside the room. Mike? Is that you? If you can see a murder before it happens, we can do something about the next one. What can I do? After last season. Hello and welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom, once again brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Good news, I've calmed down from last time. Here to bring you... You know what? I can't I can't even call this a movie. <laughs> I can't either. I refuse. This wasn't a movie. This I, I refuse to, to refer to anything as uh, an old videotape. <laughs> this, this is... I, that's even giving you too much credit. This is a movie that was... It, it's a series of moving pictures. That's uh, the I, best I, I can give I will it. not call it a movie. I will on. not call it a film. I do not call it cinema. We watched a movie that a lot of you may not have heard of. We certainly hadn't. Nope. Called nope. After Last Season. This came out in 2009, and you would never think it. I had to keep glancing back to the IMDb page to make sure there wasn't like an error, some kind of typo. But no, this is from O'Neill. This movie was uh, a piece of shit. Yes, I am correct in assuming that neither of you had heard of this movie, correct? Never. Yeah. I want everyone to see this movie. No. <laughs> I haven't been this excited. To the I have not been this excited about a movie we watched in Zombie Nightmare. You know, yeah. I, I, I almost want to agree with you on that one. If yeah. I thought that people could get through it, no. Well, 
But I, I think yeah, you just got to stick with it. Seriously, uh, just no. for the MRI machine. Well, if you if you're out there, saying well, that's that, the first that, three minutes. So right. boom, you're done. <laughs> if you're out there saying movies like Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice is like the worst movie you've ever seen, oh no, then, then just sit your ass down yeah. and listen to our podcast for a little bit. Let's let, let us throw you some knowledge. Uh, after the last season, folks, I, I, I don't want to say too much. Which at first now. I thought was a sports movie. No, no. Yeah, it sounds like one. Right. I still don't know what the title's referring to. Uh, it, it gets kind of referred to at the very, very end. But yeah, but that really. requires you to understand the fucking dialogue. Exactly. That's that, right. That, and that's why you And that also it. implies you are not brain dead by the end of the movie. Because mm-hmm. I didn't get it <laughs> at all. I don't even re- remember hearing the word season mentioned once. Sounds like Zip needs to use an MRI machine, everybody. <laughs> all right. Do any good to use theirs. <laughs> well, the placebo effect, maybe. Mm-hmm. Zip, do you have the IMDb description for this? See, I'm going brain dead too. Yeah, and uh, okay. Two neurology students create a telepathy experiment together to visualize a murderer who recently knifed another student. Knifed? No, I don't get that at all. Does it really say knifed? It's it does. It says who recently knifed another student. And I say knifed, not knived. Knifed. Because they spelled it K-N-I-F-E-D. I assume that wasn't Leo. No. Okay. I have no idea who this is. So that I just, yeah, That's it. That's the only thing posted for this entire movie. Accurate? I mean, the the second act, I would say... I, sure. To a, a very narrow degree. I mean, I guess you can be a 35-year-old neurology student. I don't know. <laughs> Two of them. Working for a doctor that uses a cardboard MRI box. <laughs> yeah. Um, in somebody's house as his doctor talks. In somebody's house who they couldn't retouch the walls so they're pink. Like Pepto-Bismol pink. And sometimes green. Cool mint green. Let, let's let's set up the aesthetic of this movie. Like the, 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 the quality we're looking at here before we actually get into the plot. What, otherwise we'd just be... Well, what quality? Well, yes, because, or lack thereof in this case, yes, because this movie is, it looks like it was shot on the, well, it was shot on a 35 millimeter. I assume the filmmakers found in their attic and decided to make a movie. There are no mics used in this movie. There is no lighting equipment used in this movie. There is a camera that looks like they filmed it with a shoe. There is one example of lighting being used, but seriously, it's like a floodlight on a pole. Because the shadows in that room are so harsh. Oh, because they used a paint light. I mean, that's it. That's all it is. It had to be. And it's only during that one section of the film. Everything else is, no, it's non-existent. I want to stress this, folks. This looks like a home video from maybe the early 90s at best. But this was released in 2009 and put in some theaters. So, again, I want to stress this. This is a movie on our list that was not straight to DVD. No. Or straight to VHS in this case, by the look of it. That looks like a, a group of friends found a home movie camera in the 80s and decided just throw some shit together and do a goofy little film. Yep, that's but what I'm saying. no. This, yeah, the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> is older than this movie. <laughs> Think about it. The first Iron Man came out the year before this movie. And this movie looks like something that should be at the 
bottom of someone's closet in there. Well, yes. They taped wallpaper, <laughs> partial wallpaper, on the side of a wall, and that's an apartment in what looks like an old abandoned warehouse. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, we should also talk about the location, too. Because this this movie, aside from a couple still exterior shots, I mean, again, still exterior mm-hmm. shots, basically just a freeze frame. These are all shot clearly in the same location. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and this is a movie that covers locations set in uh, apartments, in hospitals, in where else? Classrooms. Yeah, Classrooms, like yes. Like a college, a university of a some university sort. A university classroom, which we yeah. never get. The classroom was awful. The classroom looked like like the, the loading warehouse of a Home Depot. Oh, my God. It was terrible. And it looks but see, like, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, films like, it feels like this was filmed in some kind of building uh, or complex that is partially in use or they are trying to, or they, they've been building and still haven't completely finished the building. Cause some rooms, like I said, are, are, are look like it's a finished room. It looks like someone's, you know, crib room, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, man, with I- just the furniture taken out. The other rooms feel like it's an abandoned space that you can see drywall. Yep. They didn't even bother to cover Mm-mm. the drywall. It is just straight up drywall that is partially covered with pieces of wallpaper, not wallpapered walls, drywall with pieces of wallpaper taped to it. And this is supposed to be an apartment that these girls live in. It, oh my god! And it, I'm like that—that's not I. Not even a frat boy's room would look like this. Come on, this is not real life <laughs> at all. What's going on here? Yeah, student loans suck, but they're not this bad. Right. No, seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I guess let's just go ahead and talk about the movie because we open on some title cards. And and first of all, let, I mean, again, to kind of backtrack a little bit again, did someone tell the composer of this movie that their cat was on the piano while they were recording? <laughs> Some of the worst music we've ever heard. I, it's, this, not, it's not music. You no. Know. No, it's this is someone set a tape recorder down in the piano lesson of a six year old kid. <laughs> and whatever came day. out, <laughs> that's the soundtrack to this fucking movie. It's it's inexcusable, but this is playing over this title card of the title of the movie slowly coming into existence. It's like bite marks are <laughs> taken out of the of the film, yeah. of the picture because like you see like these half circles removed from after last season, then it just starts piecing together. But it's like half so yeah, it takes forever. So it, it just you're not Ridley Scott. Quit trying to be. Right. This is bullshit. All right. So, yes, we open on, oh, fuck, a pink pastel <laughs> crack house. and Masquerading as a doctor's office. Oh, it was terrible. And worst framing. Because it's this woman who's, who's addressing someone over on the right side off camera, but she's framed on the right side in the right third of it, and her head is right in the middle of the frame and it's a wide shot so like you see all this space right above her it's 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 really it never gets better no it does not it never gets better it's it, it, you know what to the movie's credit it knows it, it prepares you exactly for what you have to look forward to moving along 
Mm-hmm. And, and she's talking to this uh, one of her patients, a robot with Parkinson's. Let's let's talk about this guy because this was the first indicator of the acting quality we had. In this oh movie. my god! And it never got better. No, no, no. It, it's it's like she says, "You have Parkinson's," and then it just cuts to a close up of his hand, just like shaking. I'm like, this is that's this is offensive. Oh no, it gets more offensive. Oh well, yes, but this actor. He he's he acts like a robot. Well, and yeah, because that's what the, like you said the the level of acting we have here. It's they are literally doing it by the numbers. It's like, well, I'm supposed to shake my hand, and then the camera is going to pan up, and then I'm supposed to say this line, and that's exactly how it comes across. I'm shaking my hand. I'm waiting for the camera to pan up, and now I'm going to say my line, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then because the editing, there is no editing in this. There is no editing. It was there's no trend. editing. The, the the camera will just linger on them for like five seconds when nothing's happening before it finally cuts back to the person who has the next line. The, what the, what happened was the and, director said action and then started recording and then turned it off and then said cut. That's exactly how this movie was shot. <laughs> I think there was – now, before you stop me here, Zip, I think there was editing. I think their editor got only enough footage to kind of piece this together, which is why we had these weird intercuts to like random objects, because they couldn't use takes that lasted longer than like four seconds. Because every four seconds, you get the camera cutting to some random inanimate object oh that has God. nothing to do with the context of the scene, and then cutting back to them. So I just think they couldn't get a solid four plus seconds of quality take, and I use that word loosely, from any of these actors. You're probably right so because they leave line. in a well, take where the woman that, makes a mistake. But at the same time, what I'm saying is that you'll there's like there are ten second shots in which nothing is happening. Yes, right. so yes. it's more than just four seconds. Well, I, it's I not about the one, quality but... of what they're getting. It's then the camera just stays on and it keeps going. We can cut away at any, any time, time now, <laughs> and yet it still does not. So it, it, the movie is edited in just in the way of saying it does cut to other shots. <laughs> it was cobbled. And it, it, be, it, yeah. and it cuts it to other shots, sometimes in rapid succession, sometimes Not. after a century has right. passed. <laughs> and there's no fuzzy screen in between cuts. Right. That's the extent of the editing in this movie. This uh, Parkinson robot, he, he's in front of this MRI machine. <laughs> Well, let me let me rephrase. <laughs> He's in front of a blanket fort that's being called an MRI machine. Let's describe this thing. It is a cardboard box covered in construction paper. That's what it is. She's explaining this machine to him, and it, we keep getting like these cutaways to shots of just absolutely nothing, like nothing in the frame, just like a blank wall in between see, the dialogue. We see so many shots of shelves. And cupboards well, and, it's, and refrigerators. Yeah, and it's specifically when he's in the MRI machine, which we never see. Right, we never see. But this happens throughout the movie where we just see random shots of completely, like, it makes no sense. It makes also, no sense. As actually a further, uh, as further support of Zip's theory of there was like little to no editing in this movie, uh, when the doctor prepares to put him into the MRI machine, she walks behind a counter and you just hear the clicking of a keyboard, but you can tell that it's being made just behind the camera. 
not from where she is. So someone just had like a keyboard just held up to the camera microphone and just started like hitting random keys. Yeah, it just it's it's inexcusable. That's all it is. Yes, and we also have these as you mentioned earlier, Zip. These pieces of paper that are taped to the walls in the in the doctor's office scenes. You just have random sheets of you know eight by ten paper just taped to the walls in the background. And these and these are specifically like right up at the line where the wall meets the ceiling. Yes. In this room is where they are. In other rooms, they're like in the middle of the wall. Right. Do you think they're maybe hiding holes? Maybe. They may be. If this was a condemned building, that's the only thing I could like. What are you hiding? Well, I mean, <laughs> later, there, there's there's some attempt to try to add in that these squares of white or whatever are somehow related to the murders or the murderer or something when they start seeing the memories or visions or whatever oh, the fuck it is. Yeah. But wow. it never comes together at all. Yeah. You, you know? just got it never much more deep than I any sense. <laughs> well, yeah. well, I had to try to focus in on something. something. <laughs> and it seems only a few minutes long, but it feels like an age. But Well, yeah. and they include a mess up on a line. Oh yeah, that's right. Which I oh, was that, that's throughout the entire movie. Yeah. But that this was the first one that I was like, I that's, had to rewind. Yeah, it cuts to the doctor just before she puts him in the MRI and she says, "I'm going to take one cross section." She pauses. "I'm going to take one photo of a cross section." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they kept it. They kept it and in they there. Kept it. And they could have easily just They're just trimmed just the trimmed first the beginning of yeah, it. <laughs> they <could have laughs> kept it, but they didn't. Yeah, no. So, and that, and that oh happens God. so many times throughout the rest of this thing. Yes. Is where, where actors are stating a line and then they kind of fumble in the middle, but then recover and keep going. Yeah. And they left it in. They didn't give a shit. They left it in. I'm like, it was like, oh, I can, can I do that again? Nope, we're good. Moving on. <laughs> well, I kind of messed that line. Nope, it was fine. Moving on. <laughs> so this patient leaves in scene. And for those of you But out not there, before. And this was the most offensive part to me. Uh, was, you know, because this is a guy who who has Parkinson's and, you know, he's he's doing the... And even though it, it's obviously he doesn't actually have Parkinson's because he, he, he's making his hand shake. Before he goes into the machine, uh, she's telling him that he has to stay very still. And he's like, well, I'll try. And she's like, but you can control your Parkinson's, right? And he said, yeah, I guess I can. No. No, you can't. No, you can't. No. That's the point. Yeah. You can't control it. I would, oh, God. Yeah. Fuck you, movie. And I was like, your, your science is as infallible as your fucking MRI machine. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. You're actually yeah. trying to make like a medical thriller, and you don't even get the medicine part right. Fuck you. So for those of you out there who are saying, wait, no, that Parkinson's machine is sure is fascinating. I'd like to know more about it. We have our next scene where the doctor enters and the students and, again, no lighting, but it's all natural because you just have this, like, you know, the, the light from out the window on this doctor. That's it. And they have blinds. Yeah. Blinds. Uh -huh. All these windows have, like, the same set yeah. of blinds on them. Yeah. We have this long scene where all the dialogue is just explaining what the MRI machine is and what it does. Yeah, that's because it. this is what you go to see for a murder mystery sci-fi esque movie. Mm -hmm. An explanation on what an MRI machine is and does never gets mentioned again well, for the rest of the movie. Right. We see it again, but right. after this initial setup, we're like ten minutes into the movie now, where we've had the scene where the patient goes into the to the fake MRI, where the doctor explains in great detail how MRI works, and then. 
it never comes up again for the rest of the movie. And, and throughout all the scene, by the way, this this whole explanation, we have these random shots, and, and again, the audio just stops when it cuts away. These cutaways to just random people in the same building, because you get just a shot of some random woman on the phone, and then it's some random guy drawing something. It's right. like, who are these people? Right. Like, is this, is this is And this it was a different MRI building. Thing? Which you don't understand until later. So well, they go, yeah. right? Right. Well, but that's the thing. It's, like it's supposed to be, but it's like. We're supposed we're, to be seeing a different location. Exactly. Yeah. So so we're so confused because this is when I started to write a whole shit of questions. Uh, so who's this smarmy fuck, which was the doctor? Right. Where the fuck are we? Why, why is this woman? Who's this woman on the phone? Who's the guy by himself? What time period is this? And. And speaking of sound, because you said the sound. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is where I wrote, did someone flush a toilet while he was on the phone? Probably. So throughout this thing, throughout the movie, you so, guys, there is some toilet flushing all the time. And this is why I've said I, I would only refer to it as an old videotape. <laughs> Because the the idea that I got is if you are using a film camera, a film camera, the sound is not built in. You have to record the sound separately. Right. So they were using this, whatever mic was on this the camera. Was not that. Oh, it was consumer yeah. grade. Yeah. <laughs> This, is, this, this, was, this, this, it felt like a video camera. And you know, if you watch uh, like old home movies that you took on a, on a video camera and you, you watch it every time, like you, you're, you're filming one thing and you hear the sound quality of that particular shot and then you stop it and record something else. And now the sound quality has completely changed. Yes. It changes depending on which way you're aiming the camera and all that good stuff. That's, That's exactly what this was. The sound changed from location to location but it was also continuously recording every fucking background noise that happened during the shot yep. which was if you're using an actual sound equi- if you're using actual sound equipment for the purposes of making a film you're able to cut all that shit out right that did not happen. No, did like, not happen. There are scenes where they are in a room talking to each other, and you can hear the cars passing by on the street outside. There's an ambulance yep. at one point later on. There's yep. an ambulance yes. that comes through at one point. <laughs> yeah. You hear people talking in the background who are obviously not associated with this film in any way, and no one told them to shut up. We, we are 20 minutes into this podcast recording, and we, even we have already had to hold for an ambulance passing by. Right. Yeah, yeah, seriously. But we held for an ambulance. But we held Y'all. for the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my yes, god but, yeah so quiet on set was never actually uttered on no set never movie, not once never so this guy i guess his name is ed the drawing man yeah he's suddenly killed by something something <laughs> and he's discovered by this friend who's on the phone and who is not even a little bit surprised to see him dead because right. he has and i guess he was stabbed but Looked like ketchup he, he just has, yeah it's <laughs> like a little bit of red food dye like on his shirt and she just goes ed yeah <laughs> are you okay <laughs> like you seem different. Yeah. <laughs> so, so new scene. We have this wo- this foreign woman. I guess the roommate of the main character. Okay, you know what? You know what? You told me that you picked someone for this movie. I was shocked at that. I am now going to give you the spotlight to explain. 
So the only reason why she is my hobo, because uh, I was talking about this earlier, usually my hobo is about the truth of a movie, it, like, speaks the truth somehow. Yeah, but you couldn't understand her. So <laughs> right. You... Well, I really liked her, though. So I had to dig deep, y'all, for my hobo, for reals. I had to dig deep, and so I went right to the beginning of this movie. So let, let me backtrack a little, because this conversation, and this happens a lot, you guys, they talk about where they're from and where they've been. This is almost like Arkansas. It's, it's... The way they talk about places it's a one of many conversations that have nothing to do with the film exactly so you think something's going somewhere and it doesn't so this banal shit that they talk about i don't i don't understand it i don't get it but i'm only i only picked her because she because if you look her up her name is katarina marhakova she played stacy that's this character's name She's still acting. She's really amazing, and she's doing really good stuff. So that's why I picked her, because of who she is now, not who she was then. But also, she was the best actor in the whole thing. She was the best actor in the whole thing. Who would you say? For what? Best actor. One of the papers taped to the wall. (laughs) Let's just go with the toilet. The MRI machine? Let's go with the toilet. Sure. <laughs> um, I think it's the, the flower during the animated sequence. The, the people driving the ambulance because they obviously it was didn't have trying to actively murder one of the birds. <laughs> Actually, she's having this pointless conversation with her cute roommate about this, like this, this, like where they've been, all that shit. And is it, you said there was a line you liked that she said. Yeah. What was it? Is it the radio clock line? No. Oh. No. Because they're having this, they're they're having this discussion, and and the roommate, the one with the foreign accent, says. You have a nice radio clock, and it cuts to this egg timer that's taped, scotch taped to a boombox. Oh my god! Uh, You have an interesting radio clock. They're they're having this discussion, and she tells the doctor tells her roommate about this guy who apparently cut his hand or something, and how they had to do surgery on it. And 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 she tells her if the damage was in the hand. The nerves were either severed or damaged. Yes. Yes. Was that your favorite line? No. No, but I remember because it was so dumb. And then she writes, then she says back, it's easier to repair a nerve in the hand than a nerve in the spinal cord. Really? No fucking (laughs) shit. What? No. So then we cut back to, I guess, our main setting, Pro Rollis Corporation. (laughs) It's a still shot. It's not even just a take of the outside of the building, a moving take. It's just a picture of the building they inserted in the film. Mm-hmm. Again, these weird establishing cuts. So Sarah, she's one of our students we met earlier. She's, I guess, our main character. She's interning at this place with, I can't remember the dude's name. I just called him Ghoulface. Uh, Matt. Matt. Is his name Matt? The guy yeah. she mind warps with or whatever the fuck? Yeah, Matt. Okay. So Matthew. So they're discussing these murders that have been happening around campus lately because there have been like three homicides and they just they start discussing their schedules so these grizzly knife murders are happening they haven't caught the the culprit yet and they're just like hey so how's your friday looking i definitely have breast cancer i mean like what <laughs> and and then we get to this classroom this classroom setting <laughs> Like I said, it looked like it was shot in the back of a Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And this teacher's behind the desk, and then she teleports to the front of the desk yes, and starts her lecture. Yes, she does. Oh, my God. So, and that happens a lot, too. That That's yes. 
because if if we ever if we haven't already talked about the continuity as far as that there is lines any. and 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 editing and all that stuff, there are blatantly <laughs> horrific continuity errors with people standing in one side of the room. And then we immediately cut to them being somewhere entirely different, have no idea how they got there. And the camera does it. I mean, you could shoot that just fine. If you just change the camera angle more significantly, that kind of cut could work if you had to do right. it. Right. But the thing is, is that this movie, it incorporates only a couple of, of a handheld shots where, with like mm-hmm. a little bit of camera movement. Right. But as far as everything else, everything else is still. It's all, they're all static. Yeah. Right. It's it, static it's, shots, and there's no reason why. You can't have that person start in the same. Even if you're cutting to a completely different angle, it's still a static shot. You can keep that person exactly where they are and have them start from there. They couldn't pan or tilt the cameras up. But instead, <laughs> they didn't know how to do that. No, I, that's not what I'm saying. You can cut to a different angle and still have them in the fucking shot. Yes. You don't have to have them move all the way across the room to a completely different location without establishing how the fuck did they transport across the room? But I'm saying that every time they needed to do a shot that involved any kind of tracking and they didn't feel like doing the handheld, and I want to stress that, they didn't feel like using the handheld camera. They just stopped the take, moved the tripod over a couple of inches, and then continued the shot. That was their execution of camera movement in this movie consistently. And then we get this scene oh back at, at Sarah's place, and w- she's, like, by the window, and she hears this weird noise, and she says, Mike, is that you? And then it cuts to, like, a towel, because apparently that's what she thinks was Mike. <laughs> that, that whole scene was pointless, except for that weird that weird cutaway. And then we just have like, these weird, random scenes of other characters in their mundane lives just doing just boring shit, talking about boring shit. Sarah, for example, like she's on her computer. I'm surprised, honestly, that she has a, an actual desktop computer that wasn't made out of burlap. Right. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I love this moment because Sarah's on the phone with somebody talking about just bullshit. And then it's like a cord, corded phone with like the little dock that you can actually hold on to back from like, you know, 1994. And she tries to hang up after the call and she like fucks it up. She doesn't know how to hang up a phone, guys. Plus, she didn't even say goodbye. Like, I didn't even know that the call was ended. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. She just, she, she just tries to hang up the phone. Up. It's perpendicular yeah. to the base at first, and then she has to fuck <laughs> no, with it. She doesn't know how oh to hang god. up a phone. Oh, my God. And then and then we get the scene of Matt. He's he's leaving this note in the door, because in the previous scene, he invites her to this, this study, this experiment with this new technology that he wants her to be a part of. So we get this, we actually get a scene of him say, you know, because he establishes, I'm going to leave a note on the door, come into that room. So we actually get a shot of him leaving the note on the door. We, we didn't need that. <laughs> yes, we did. And then, and then Sarah arrives at the facility, and she scans her card, and she's at like one of those like little card reader things in red, and she swipes her card through, but it cuts away before you see the, the red light on it actually change. So they just like found some random building out there with security clearance involved. <laughs> <laughs> shot a close-up of the, of the key card reader. And by the way, she, she comes in, she enters, she, she meets with Matt, and she says, sorry, I hit traffic. It's like, this is at night. You hit traffic at 9 p.m.? Yeah. No. Matt, he, he removes, so he has his box in the background on the table. 
It's, it's, it's like a, magic. It's a magic box. It is box. a magic box, you guys. It's a magic box. It, it, he presses a, a bullshit button on it because it's like a cardboard box. That and then, box cost $1 million. <laughs> he, he presses the button and then the top of it buys like by like fishing line, I guess, is pulled away off camera. So yep. it just slides off, yeah. making it look like, woo. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. and so he, he removes two invisible chips from it. We see what they yeah, are in a second. Yes. He just, you just see, like, he reached both of his hands in there, and then he pulls out nothing, but he's pinching his fingers together, making us think that he has something. And he sits on the table. These are, like, these state-of-the-art chips that, that, that can apparently let you see into other people's minds one way and read, or rather visualize their thoughts. And then we cross the 180-degree line, and then we get the shot of her closing her eyes, then closing hers. And, you know, she attaches the – well, in this case, now it's tape because she has, like, these, like, little tape – these, like, little gaff tape That's cues. That's what they look like, little, little squares of yeah, gaff little, tape. Yeah. And she just attaches them to her temples. He does so with his. And then they close their eyes, and then we get this just CGI mess. I mean, this is where I was like, smoke if you got him because it, it's just – this takes so long. How would you describe this? Like, this is... Well, what it reminded me of was Money for Nothing, the video from 1985, Money for Nothing. But the animation Money for Nothing is way better. Yeah. But that's what it... it it's very angular, very simple, and stupid. Yeah. Yeah. This was... This, this CGI <laughs> looks like the first 30 minutes of work by the animators of Toy Story. Right. Yeah. Like 30 minutes into animating, this is what they came out with. So we get these, like, shots where, you know, she she's, like, visualizing cylinders and random shapes and shit like that. He's trying to guess what she's seeing. He's either right or he's wrong. And then we get birds. It's just a long, drawn-out period of time where it's just bullshit. Then the plot starts happening again, I guess. Because Sarah starts seeing images of this, again, poorly rendered CGI figure stabbing someone else. And presumably she's she's had a vision of Ed being murdered. Yeah, so she's psychic now? Right. And then also, well, why didn't she tell anybody then? Because she knew Ed was dead. Yeah. So that, to me, that was, I'm like, well, okay. So you know Ed's dead. Well, you had, had a vision to, of him. She had to go to her roommate and she had to discuss things. Discuss places where they've places. been. <laughs> she had to show off her sweet uh, radio. <laughs> right, clock, clock radio. <laughs> And then we oh get God. more visions because they just cut away from that. Yeah, so then they just go on. They just keep going on. And that's like, well, put the let's let's see more of your, what's in your brain. Yeah, this, this woman just discovered that she's potentially psychic with right. the aid of this technology, and they're like, oh, let's keep playing with this toy. <laughs> so we get more visions of just nonsense, including question marks, trees, uh, cars. Which I love the cars because they were captured with audio from like a mic set next to a street. Seriously. Yeah, I am honestly shocked that they actually were able to separate the audio from the video because clearly the camera was the only microphone they were using. So then we have this model of a woman because this is like where the animation starts getting better. And I use that word very loosely yeah. because she has like creaking bones when she first shows up. Right. Like you, you hear like this like crackling sound as she moves. And she's like this. I see a woman. Her arm is bleeding. It's not, which has nothing to do with the scene because – as the scene proceeds, it's her being attacked by this killer. But why would it be bleeding before she encountered? Right. <laughs> everything in this scene is hilarious because the killer enters. He has like a blanked out face, and it's like almost like an action figure esque fight because they're not moving the figures. They're just like shifting back and forth. Like if you took action figures, pose them however you wanted, 
and they just kind of like hit him up against each other for a little bit. That's what this animation looks yep, like. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And there, there's a couple scenes like where she'll like throw boxes at him yep. in his face and like makes these like these hilarious clunking sounds off of his off of his And head. it also sounds like somebody's taking a bath through the whole thing. It does. Probably were. <laughs> the upstairs neighbors were probably like you know, enjoying themselves. This ends, and they cut back, and apparently the police, this is later in time, have apparently reported a stabbed woman. This right. is what Matt brings to Sarah's attention. And Sarah just responds nonchalantly, like, okay, you've essentially predicted a murder that just happened. You're, quote-unquote, a precog, if you will. And you're just like, uh, let's continue. And then this is just the, the full-on CGI, 2001 A Space Odyssey-esque, just sequence of just nothing but the animation right just silence there's no dialogue no plot progression nothing all this is being intercut with random pov in live action of of some person moving around i I, I guess that's the killer is that what we're to interpret from this i I have no idea i have no idea because it doesn't make any sense yeah it, it finally finishes though and then they look up because they realize, okay, someone's coming. So they look up, and we get the shot of the door, and they, they open the door, and it's the loudest fucking door ever. Yep. But it barely creaks up a little bit, just a couple inches, a little more, a little more. Mm-hmm. And then I guess they're invisible because the door opens all the way, and there's no one there. And then random objects just, just start being pulled by fishing line. Yep. Why? Like, assuming this is a, an invisible figure, a ghost, if you will. Right. Why would they just start pushing chairs around the room in random places if they're going to try to be attacking these people? Right. Yeah. Again, assuming there's some kind of assailant. There's no point to it whatsoever. No, they're not screaming. They're I mean, the Matt and Sarah are like, Well, we're just gonna stay here. Looking Everything's cool. So he slashes at them because you see them jumping back in reaction very poorly, because there's no one actually there, reacting to being slashed by an invisible fucking knife, I guess. Matt then tries to barricade he and Sarah by just pushing these, like, storage bins in front of him oh in a straight line, even though there's plenty of room for the guy just to step to around, around him. Yes. But, no, we need this because that way we could have the shot of like, each bin being pulled by twine as the killer gets closer. That twine cost one million dollars. <laughs> so, Matt and Sarah just keep fucking piddle skipping around the room. And then Matt just wakes up. He was dreaming the whole time. I never thought I'd be more pissed off by the it was all a dream twist than in Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. But hey, (laughs) here you have it, folks. Yeah. Ridiculous. What was the point of that? Uh, No idea. Because he gets woken up by Sarah, who's now arriving for their meeting. And he's like, I had a weird dream. There was a, we use a technology that could read thoughts and... There was a killer, and it was a goat. It's like th- this. This was just thirty minutes of wasted time. Yep. Yes. But mm-hmm. what gets even crazier is they keep proceeding along with their meeting. Right. They sit down for a questionnaire. And it it looks like she's running the experiment now. You correct. Right. Yeah. With these questions, mm-hmm. and so I was super confused. Um. And these questions were weird. Oh my god. Well, they, oh my god. One of them was she asks him how he decorates his bedroom. And then he responds by asking if it's for a special event. What the fuck does that mean? Well, if it's special, it's going to be a little extra something something. <laughs> they hear a thud. They look up. We meet our flesh and blood killer, I guess. He's this guy leaning over this other man, a dead man that he's killed, assumedly. 
asking the dead person for a password. Yeah. Because yep. he's like looking down. He's like, all right, now that you're dead, what's the password? I mean, right. I, I, and he wants to get into the lab, and it's oh my god. But then uh, we meet the guy because he enters the room with Matt and Sarah. And th- this performance to me was amazing. I love the chair. The chair. Oh, how <laughs> he's like taken out by a sentient chair. <laughs> So suddenly the ghost is real now. Yep. And then and then so he, the killer gets taken out again. The only hammy performance in this movie. And then this disembodied voice starts talking to Matt and Sarah yes. from behind the camera, even though he's supposed to be in front of them. And his name is Craig. Craig, that's right. And then he just randomly vanishes. He like says something. Then he they're just like, Craig. And they Craig? they don't ask him who he is. They don't ask him why he's there. Nothing. No. I was like, what the no, hell? No, he's, he's non-responsive. Yeah. Ugh. So we cut back, I guess, to our, well, not quite yet to our epilogue. We cut back to the Parkinson's robot again. He's interrogating this killer. Yeah, he turns out to be a cop. He's an yeah. FBI. He's an FBI agent. Agent. And so he's interrogating the killer, and he's asking him all these questions, but it keeps coming back to shots of the killer just looking, just despondent and just sometimes bored. Yeah. The killer just doesn't respond whatsoever. And then we get to our epilogue, where, who are these two people? They are, one of them is Craig's mom. Okay. Oh, my God. So, these two women are talking, and they go into, uh, apparently, Craig's home, and they're looking at photos. The photos are facing the wall, and this is her dead son. Okay? So, this is when we get some indication of what after last season was, is because he died the previous school year, and he was supposed to continue his studies. That's it. That's all we get. But Craig's dead. It puts a dumb title, because it's like, after but last season, that's School all. isn't divided by seasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and you might look. as well call the movie, you know, The Day After Yesterday. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. So, but yeah, it was it was his mom. Also, did you notice we can get the pictures? Did you notice that, that it is like a close up of one of the photos of her son, and the the picture they printed out of Craig is smaller than the frame that it's in. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's in the frame, but there's like all this space around it because like and again several inches of space around this frame because they couldn't even blow up a picture to right. meet the frame size. Well, and and, I, and, let, and let's because uh, we didn't bring that up either. Uh, let, let's just mention that. Everything, because you just said the picture that they printed. Right. Everything was printed. All of the photos, all of the x-rays, all of the signage. Everything is just something that was printed off a computer and taped to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Everything that you see. The, the arrows that are supposed to tell right, you. Yes, where to go. That, yes. but, but it doesn't say where you're going. No. It's just an arrow on a wall. <laughs> was a, is a full-page full printout page. from a laser printer and just taped to a wall. Even yeah. shots where – they didn't even scan in this movie because even shots where you just see a document that's used to exposit some information to us, mm-hmm. they could easily just insert that into the shot. They just scan the document over. But instead you have these out-of-focus shots where you can barely even read the handwriting yeah. on it because it's so blurry. Right. Yeah. And I, I think the other woman in that last scene might have been Ed's mom. But what are they talking about? Yeah, is it just the fact that Craig died and he now he's not dead? I mean, like this, this, this whole epilogue. Well, the, they're both they're both mothers of victims of the yes. same killer. Yeah. So okay. yeah. they're commiserating. I Maybe don't know. I don't know. Because we never we never find it. Do we find out what how Craig died? 
No. No. Yeah. So, and we don't know why no. he's helping. We don't know why he's there. And so, yeah, it's it makes no sense. It, it feels they, almost as tacked on as the epilogue of the Last Jedi. <laughs> I don't I'm know. Not talking I don't about know it. if you can put Last Jedi in this movie in the same sense. Oh, in all other regards, no. But uh, <laughs> let's not linger on that. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. That is, the movie just ends. The movie ends. There's like a, a an anticlimactic line of dialogue, and then just and cut the, to credits. And the world's slowest credits. Oh God! The world's slowest. Because they had like three credits. crew members in this project. Yeah, world's they credited the camera that they used. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then that's it. Let's take a quick break and get back to you with some trivia. All right, we're back. So. Do you guys dig anything up on this one? There were quite a few reviews of this oh, that yeah. made me very happy. One to which I sent Zip because while we were watching this, Zip and I were um, ta- communicating were over Facebook Messenger. It was hilarious, and it made watching this movie all the better. And I'm serious. I think everybody needs to see this movie. Lies. <laughs> I think everybody needs to see it. Lies. It's so great. So anyway, no. I just have to say, I have to just read two two critic blurbs here. Uh, one critic of the trailer, quote, seems like it could only have been made in a parallel universe that irony forgot or written and directed by a small child. That's amazing. <laughs> And then film critic Scott uh, Von Doria, I think that's what this is. It is intensely boring, thoroughly disorienting, and so technically incompetent, it achieves several deeply unnerving effects entirely by accident. <laughs> and that is the truth. That yeah. is that is the truth. I mean, and the, the other thing that we, we knew about it is that it's budgeted uh, allegedly at five million dollars. So, yeah. yeah. Apparently, the actors were paid like the everybody on the crew was like thirty, forty thousand dollars, and then the rest went to the animation. That's what people are surmising. Like people don't know yeah, for the, sure what it went for. But yeah, the, the I should we also should add the, the this will come to little shock to anybody. The director, writer, producer, and cinematographer were all the same fucking guy, Mark yeah. Region. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and there was one other thing I found that it was released in four theaters. <laughs> and when it was done, <laughs> the filmmakers asked asked those theaters to burn the prints rather than send them back. <laughs> because it was more cost effective. Yes. Okay, that's all I got. Zips, did you dig anything else up? So the biggest mystery surrounding this movie, uh, other than where did the money go, um, <laughs> was, uh, is this for real? Is, was this supposed to be a seri- taken seriously as a movie? Was this some kind of elaborate prank? Troll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here is a quote from the writer, director, producer, all-around shithead, Mark Regan. <laughs> I wanted to make a film which would captivate the audience and add a new dimension to the classic suspense and psychological thriller. So this was serious. All of the bad cuts and the dialogue mistake, everything 
He purports to be intentional as just a way of like the bad editing is meant to be a way to unnerve the audience, mm. to throw them out of whack so they don't see what's coming. Sure. Like they you normally do in a in a psychological thriller. <laughs> yeah. Here. It took us five years to go from concept, writing, assembling the production parts, and casting to actually, finally finishing the film. They left out the heroin binge in that step-by-step. Oh, my God. Five years. (laughs) That's so depressing. And purportedly $5 million to make this movie you said movie you mean monstrosity Uh, (laughs) i'm i'm using his words five years to make this the whole process to make this i wonder how long it took them to make the mri machine because that took some effort Nothing else in this piece of shit took effort, but that did. That MRI machine, I swear, like, it was... Five years. I honestly think that MRI machine was made out of, like, defective material from, like, an an REI camping gear set and the boxes they came in. Yeah. I'm going to take one cross-section. I'm going to take one photo of a cross-section. So speaking of quotes, let's move along to best line, worst line. Do you have a best line? I do. And it's from my home on a barn. And she's talking about, uh, I think, her father. This is the line right here. Later on, his family moved away into the suburbs of a large city. (laughs) They couldn't even say what city. She couldn't even say what city. Her own family. (laughs) And this was the this was the type of dialogue that we listened to throughout. So that is my best line, bitches. Mine follows up off of that actually, yes. okay. because then the the other side of that is hearing you know where the other person may be from. Yeah. yeah, I've never been to that town, but I've been through it. Yes. I've never been to that town, but I've been through it. What was your best line, Jeff? <laughs> okay, my best line is more of a moment, but stay with me. It's when it's when they they're first testing out the mind reader equipment, the chips, and they open their eyes after some moments of observance, and Matt says, "I saw a cylinder. Was that what you were picturing?" And then she responds, "No, I was picturing a basket." And then you just have this quick shot of just him looking. Yeah, it's just his face. Right. face. Right. That's just. <laughs> but it's about two seconds long. Yeah. Just like, but it's almost like. Uh. <laughs> it's almost like it just happened to be a random shot of like him waiting for someone to yell right. action. And yeah. he's just staring off into space. Yep. Yeah. Like it is like, not connected to the scene in any way, shape, or form. It's almost like if the actors like responded, like gave like a line of dialogue in response that wasn't scripted. Right. Yeah. Like she was supposed to agree saying, yes, it was a basket. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what do you have for worst line? Oh, this is my favorite. So during one of the 
one of the animation things, Matt, Matt says to Sarah, out of the surface, one letter rises. Oh, that's mine. Sarah, Sarah says, from the alphabet. Picture a flat surface. <laughs> out of the surface, one letter rises from the alphabet. <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> this might be one of the only times. I think there's one other where we've all had the same worst line. <laughs> yep. Drinking game. Oh my god. Anytime a... we get a random shot of some cupboard or yeah. shelf <laughs> or refrigerator or wall. Just the, yeah, just, the, just... Random, <laughs> the random cuts. Yeah. Oh my god, seriously. That is that oh my god. I you know what? I would I would watch this movie again to count how many of that that bullshit we got. I don't I don't think it's possible. I oh my god. Seriously, you must see this movie. See it. So what did this movie do right? Uh wait, I think I have an answer for it, that. It's a it's a hard question to answer for sure. <laughs> I've only got one. In the scene where we're still in the dream. And the invisible killer is slashing at them. There is a close-up of Sarah's arm where we see uh, as if... So we hear the swash of like the knife's been swatted at her. And it does a a quick close-up of her arm and we see a red line appear. It doesn't just like show up. It's like goes across her arm as if she has been slashed. And I will give them credit. That is probably the best shot in this entire piece of shit. It's the best effect. It's it's clearly the best effect. Yes. Uh, And even though it just, it looks like it just, they went in, if if they are aware of what After Effects even is, they used it to just draw a red line across. I mean, that's all it is. We're not seeing the shirt like split open. We're not seeing skin actually sliced. It just looks like someone paints a red line across it. But for everything else in this garbage, it's actually a decent shot. Yeah. Um, I, there were a couple of moments in the animation that I actually liked. Like there was some nice shading on some things and the trees were pretty. That's all I got. It looked like <laughs> an early rendering of like a, a 3D Sonic game tree. Yeah, but I liked the tree because it was pretty. The colors were pretty. So, yeah, that's all I got because otherwise there, there's really nothing. I, I, I told myself I had to answer this question, and <laughs> I, I, I tried, guys. The best I can give it is that they gave $5 million to someone who could undoubtedly make a better film. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know who they gave it to, yeah, right. but someone got it, and I know they can make a better film than this. Yes, and please let them. But so my, my ultimate so question for you guys on this is: this yeah. a good bad movie? Is this one that could be fun to watch with a group of people? Yes, with drinks. Yes, I want everybody to see this because it is so bad. Absolutely <laughs> fucking not. <laughs> I'm going to lean towards Adina on this one. And I say that because in hindsight, after I watched this, because you guys saw it before I did. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. after I read your comments, I was like, I got to watch this tonight. (laughs) And I did. I regret wholeheartedly that we did not all three sit down to watch this together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This one, we, this one would have been so great to watch together. I, I, yeah, (laughs) I wish I'd watched this with another human being. I did not. Um, I virtually did. But 
let me let me tell you this. It might have made the experience more enjoyable. This is still a complete pile of shit that does not deserve to be seen by human eyes. Okay. It's worse than the room. Let me this fire is back not, a this question. is, and see, and, and that's another one that y'all have different opinions about than I do too. I never fucking want to see that movie again because I do not have the same attraction to it. Now you could probably have the same experience that people do of watching the room in big crowds together. And they all have that appreciation for it. Much like that and this, it's never going to work for me because it means I actually have to watch it again right. and I never want to watch Which, it for the rest of my fucking life right. or after. That's part of my follow-up question to that. So you do not consider this a movie that would be fun to sit down to watch with people. Now, is that rewatch no. or watch initially? Could, like, put yourself, take yourself back. Would you rather have – do you think you would have had a better experience watching this for the first time with people as opposed to watching it alone? Not rewatching, because yeah, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch this again either. But I honestly don't think so. Yeah, you don't. Think the shock I really value? don't think because the, it's based on the reactions that we have. It would just make me matter. Right. It would make me more upset that now we are all having to experience this together. And yes, we would be there to support each other and to help each other get through it. It's not going to make it any better. Basically, I guess I get it. I, I, I would, like I said, I, I still, lean I, I would have had a better experience being with you. The movie had absolutely nothing to do with it. Okay. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. But I can tell you watching it with zip virtually made it so fun. Oh, sure. <laughs> I, but also as a, as a primer on what not to do, yeah. like seriously, this, it, it's just so amazing to me that something like this got distribution, right? Yeah. And so, I don't know how, and that's the first thing I said in that conversation right, that we yeah, had, yeah. Uh, because Adina was about like was 50 minutes ahead of me. She yeah. had already started watching the movie before I started watching it. Uh, so she already knew what I was in for. <laughs> yes, um, but that, the very first thing I said, I believe is there is no way this movie got theatrical distribution. Yeah. There's no way. Let's I, just, see, I, I ask because this is the first film we've had in a while that didn't have subject matter that was considerably offensive. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, th- I, I was not offended by this movie. Um, and there were no people of color in it, by the way. None. Um, so, so, yeah. So, the first thing Zip writes, <laughs> is this a fucking joke? <laughs> so, then I wrote back, honestly, mm. how did this get made? Then he wrote... Seriously, is this a prank? This is not a real movie. This was never released in an actual theater. There's no way. Yeah. And that's when I asked him how far was he in, and then he said no money was actually used in the making of this videotape. Yeah, that's when I started calling it videotape. Yeah, I was convinced <laughs> this was not made on actual film. Right. This was this was a videotape. And then his this response. This was shot in a Motorola Razor. Yeah. Even, a, yes. even a GoPro has better quality than this. Without question. And then, and then, in my response to how far, he said six minutes, six minutes, and I am ready to quit the podcast. I really was. Yeah, I yeah. was. I was like, oh my god! If I have to finish this thing, I'm, ne- I'm, I'm, I'm done. And within the first three minutes, I was like, I was pissed off too. I'm like, what the fuck? It's and so then, bad. And then I think because we were watching it together, I started to enjoy myself. 
And that's why I think I have much love for this and I want to watch it with other people. Like I really want my husband and child to see this <laughs> because I made them watch the Don't, room. You shouldn't have said that. Now the filmmaker's going to listen to this podcast and put that on the next uh, DVD cover. <laughs> I really wanted my husband and child to see this DVD. <laughs> DVD. There's no way this is on DVD. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, this it, this was a joy. Um, yeah. I mean, look. This is seriously. This is the worst movie we have seen. But was it a joy before I started chiming in? I don't think so. See, that's what I'm saying. Right, so that's why I'm saying I would see this again with other people so we can all revel in the I, joy of how terrible it I is. I don't want another living human being to have to sit through this piece of shit. I don't. Not even for novelty's sake. I want to take this to, uh, you know, like NYU and walk into one of the film classes and go, don't do this. So would you say this movie made you madder than any other movie on our list so far? For me, absolutely. Okay, this okay. is the one that pushed me over the edge. This, yeah. this completely. One, I wasn't mad. I was just more astonished than anything else. <laughs> the incompetence, the laziness, everything. All of it. But I, I wasn't. I wasn't mad. I don't know. But zip. It it, is, it, it, ma- it makes me mad because of like you said earlier. It's like the five million dollars could have been given to someone who has to have be able to make a better movie than this yes anyone anyone like i said earlier in our discussion before i i made a student film in high school that's better quality than this i will and i'm not just saying that because i think i'm a great filmmaker i'm not it's the only time i've ever actually made a film (laughs) but (laughs) it was better than this at least more competent i feel yes Yes. there's nothing competent about this piece of shit there's nothing nothing competent about it at all oh without question yeah (laughs) i don't get this this jackass can claim all he wants to that he was trying to do something unique and original bullshit i call bullshit i will forever call bullshit agreed so in that regard should we even bother asking you what you put this on the flaming (laughs) cinematic turd meter Cinematic. Whatever. I don't fucking care anymore. You know what? This one goes to 11. (laughs) All right. And there you have it. Well, that's it for another episode of It Came From The Bottom. Once again, brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I'm Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. Next time, Batman and Robin.